Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Now, welcome in to the almost done with week one edition of the Pump Fake Jared Bailey from USA Today, joined by my best friend in the entire world, Matt, Matt Verderam of Sports Illustrated. It's good to see you, buddy. Hey, you doing? After, you know, being a lifelong Steelers fan, witnessing the, the worst home opening loss in the history of the Mike Tomlin era yesterday. Yeah, it could be better. It could be better. They, um, they did not live up to expectation. Let's just put it that way. That's uh, that's that's the understatement of the day. Um, who who do you think disappointed more yesterday, the Steelers or the Giants? Um, it's a tough question. Uh, I I guess I I guess I'd have to say the Giants. I mean, they lost forty to nothing. Like, but I thought the Steelers were a lot better than the Giants. So, mm. like, for me personally, I thought the Steelers were more disappointing. But I think if you asked 100 people, you'd say, I mean, look, the Giants got shut out at home, and they looked like they looked like a college team. I mean, they, they weren't even competitive. Not that the Steelers were. I mean, at one point, they were, I think, 200 to 1. But um, they were both pretty embarrassing. I mean, those are home games. Uh, obviously, it's more impactful for the Giants. It's a divisional game. But uh, it was ugly. It was ugly for both of them. Yeah, the Steelers, I think their first five drives, um, punt, interception, punt, uh, another punt, and then I believe that uh, they turned it over on downs. And then, like you pointed out, 200 yards to one with just over two minutes to go in in the first half against the 49ers. They drive down at the end of the first half um, and get a touchdown going into halftime. You think, okay, maybe you know they'll, they'll make this a little bit more of a game. And then immediately the 49ers come out at half and just slit the throat of any chance of that happening with a 65-yard run by McCaffrey. Uh, they couldn't tackle. It was an embarrassment, embarrassing display of tackling by the Steelers yesterday. And with Purdy, like, he, he played well. He was very efficient. I think he had 220 yards. It wasn't that he gashed them or anything. It's just, okay, it's third and six, up oh, nine-yard completion, move the chains again. All right, third and nine, 11-yard completion. All right, they're still on the field. It was – the Steelers' defense couldn't do anything yesterday. No, I mean, look, they sacked him three <clears> – <throat> excuse me, the Steelers sacked him three times. They hit him seven times. The problem was they were down so big so early that, you know, they, they were always off balance. So whereas Pickett got sacked five times in the game and the Niners hit him nine times – now listen, I mean, the the problem I had coming into the season with Pittsburgh, even though I picked them to be a playoff team, by the way, yeah, um, is Pickett. Everybody acted like, oh, he played a lot better at the end of the year. He had five touchdowns and seven picks. Like, the reality is he was not good last season. It wasn't. Like, people can, can spin it any way they want. He wasn't good last year. And, you know, he comes out yesterday, there was a bad pick. Frankly, should have thrown another one that Warner dropped is right in his right. hand. Okay, then throws another one after that. Like, you can't do that against good teams. You can't throw the ball at a guy three, four times in a game. You're going to lose. And, you know, listen, do I think Pittsburgh's better than what they showed yesterday? Yeah, I do. I, I, I do. I think they're much better. I mean, if you look around the league, there are a lot of teams in week one that looked like crap that I think are going to be pretty good football teams. Um, 
But Pickett's got to be a lot better. I mean, that that I don't I don't think I'm breaking ground with that take. Like he's got to be a lot better. There were other guys, it's not just him, but you know, if they're gonna win their 10, 11 games this year, like Kenny Pickett can't he can't be a passenger. He's got to actually like drive the drive the ship occasionally. Yeah, and Steelers fans, you know, rang the usual bell yesterday. Oh, Matt Canada. Matt Canada wasn't the problem yesterday. No, he, he can't. Was- he can't throw to guys. And there was multiple occasions, both to Deontay Johnson. It was a third and eight early on in the game. Open over the middle. Pickett sails it. Another one in the red zone. Uh, Deontay Johnson open on a slant coming across the middle. Pickett throws it behind him. Like, I think that Steelers fans really had rose-tinted glasses with Pickett because he went to Pitt, and everybody's really excited that, oh, my goodness, what a story. The Pitt guy's staying home, and he was bad last year. And I tried to buy into the optimism. I really did, Matt Verderam. I tried to buy into the optimism of, of you know, the, the tail end of, of last season and camp and the preseason. By the way, I saw your tweet yesterday, and you're absolutely right. The Steelers are visual proof that the preseason means absolute shit. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I mean, the, it, it doesn't. And you know, the Steelers just happened to be the example yesterday. But it drives me nuts every summer when people do this. You know, they watch whether it's a team or a player, and the guy's playing great, or the team's playing great in August, and people. Oh, look at this team. Look at that guy. None of this means anything. It just doesn't. It doesn't mean shit. None of these guys in the preseason that are really good players care. They just don't. They want to get out there and get a little work, knock the rust off, and get healthy. That's and, like, and that's and get out of it healthy. And that's it. Like, and you saw, by the way, I, I said a lot of teams that are good teams, they looked like it was a preseason game on Sunday or on Thursday. They did. They didn't play well, and I think that's, you know, I, I don't think that's going to last, but, you know, you basically give away a game when you play like that week one. And, I mean, we can stick in the AFC North in this, too, because this is the second straight year with the Bengals coming to the season yep. where Burrow has no reps in training camp, no preseason, and they come off looking awful. They did it last year against the Steelers. He threw four picks. The Steelers beat him week one. They lose to Dallas the next week and start 0-2, but they still make it to the AFC Championship game. We're very close to making it to their second straight Super Bowl. That's why I'm not really worried about the Bengals. Like, we saw this exact same thing last year, like very, very similar circumstances. Yes, Burrow threw for 82 yards, and it was ugly a game that set back the NFL 30 years. Deshaun Watson threw the most hilarious interception anybody will ever see. He threw a pass that looked like it was intended for Dax Hill. It was a bad and ugly game, but if they played again next week, I would still pick the Bengals to win. Yeah, I mean, I largely agree. Look, the only thing that came out of that game that would scare me if I'm the Bengals is their offensive line, again, can't block anybody. Yeah. Again, I I, saw, I watched that whole game. Like It was another game where – Burrow was just getting pounded over and over and over. You know, like, and it wasn't just Miles Garrett, by the way. Like, it was a host of guys, Jadarius Smith and others included, who just killed him time and again. The other thing is, you know, watching the game, there was a lot of talk about, well, it's raining, you know, Burrow's having a hard time gripping the ball. I mean, you play in the AFC North, man. Like, you've got to be able to deal with it. Sorry, you're not a dome team. Like, you got to be able to do that. I don't think the Bengals are going to have any issues and they'll be fine. Although week two is going to be interesting. Now they're getting a Ravens team that, that, that everybody and their mother got hurt yesterday, but. Which isn't new for Baltimore, by the way, this right. is like the third straight year where they half. just lose a ton of guys. Yeah. So, I mean, but you know, the, the Browns ran for over 200 yards in that game. Baltimore is going to try to do the same thing. Like can Cincinnati stop them? Can they bottle them up? It's going to be interesting. I agree. The only thing I will say for the Bengals is it's a divisional loss. And if you lose this Sunday, which they could, then you're 0-2 in the division. Two down in the division's big. That's that's the concern that I have. I think they'll be fine. They'll be you know, they're gonna be a really good team. Um, that would be my concern. Is just that 
you know, if you're 0-2 this year, it's two divisional games. And last year, you knew the Browns weren't going to be good. The Steelers had a rookie quarterback. Like, the division's much tougher on paper anyway this year. So, we'll see. But, I, yeah, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, all four members of the AXM are playing each other next week with the Ravens and uh, the Bengals and the Steelers yep. and Browns on Monday night. Uh, speaking of 200 yards rushing, the Chargers and the Dolphins yesterday, the game of the week. Dolphins are my big winner of the week, man. Tua Tonga by Loa, over 460 yards. Tyree Kill, a billion yards receiving. The Chargers couldn't do anything to stop them in typical Brandon Staley fashion. Now, well, they did stop the run. As multiple Chargers seemed adamant about talking about after the game, all right, we stopped the run. That's great. You gave up over, what was it, 500 total yards. 536. Yeah. Absurd. So, look, I have a couple takeaways from that game. I picked the Dolphins to win that division because I think they're the best team. And, you know, look, it's, it's a kind of glass half full or half empty thing if you're looking at Miami. Like, they couldn't stop the Chargers from doing anything. So, th- there was that. On the flip side, Tua looked like uh, an MVP candidate. So, you know, you have that, which obviously is incredibly important. The question with Tua is, can he stay on the field? Can he stay healthy? You know, I don't know. I don't know if he can stay on the field. I don't know if he can stay healthy. Um, but he was great yesterday. Tyreek Hill did what Tyreek Hill does. Fine. My bigger takeaway is, like, I know that the Dolphins can do that. They showed last year that they can do it. My, my bigger takeaway is the Chargers should have fired Brandon Stanley in January. That, yeah. that's, that's my – I mean – and, for, by the way, for all the talk this offseason about how, oh, they got rid of Joel Lombardi and now they've got Kellen Moore and, and that's going to change. The over. offense looks largely the same. So Justin Herbert completed uh, 6.9 yards per attempt. Who cares? It was a bunch of him just throwing the ball underneath. That's what it was. Like, they played the exact same way. So then it it begs the question, like, is that the coordinator or is that Herbert? Like, what is it now? I mean, because Herbert was supposedly going to be this guy who's going to air it out this year. Again, I watched that entire game. He did not air it out. So I watched that game and said, okay, if you're the Chargers – Chiefs lost on Thursday night. You're at home. You have an opportunity to grab a game lead in the division, right? Hey, all right, it's really early, but you, you jump out in front. You blew the opportunity. Now you lost. You lost a home game. You lost a conference game. You lost a game that, for all intents and purposes, might have huge playoff implications because one yeah. of you might need a tiebreaker. Like, you, you basically let Kansas City off the hook by losing that game. I mean, you, you just go even up now into the following week. And I just – Look, the Chargers are going to score their points. But my problem with the Chargers is the same thing it always is. It's a coaching. I mean, for anyone who didn't watch that game, okay, there was a play at the end of the first half that is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. The Chargers go down and get, I believe it was 50-yard field goal. So they tie the game at 17 with nine seconds left. The kickoff goes out the end zone. Miami gets the ball at 25. They they hit like a 20-22 yarder to Waddle. It gets out of bounds with two seconds left. Tua throws the ball. And it's like I don't even know if I'd call it a hail mary. It was like it got to like the twenty. It was very short. It was it was like if it was a hail mary, it was a terrible throw. Like, whatever it was, it was not going to threaten the score. Okay, right. and J.C. Jackson just hauls off and drills the receiver like so early that not only was one flag thrown, three flags were thrown on the play. Like every official on the field was like, "Yeah, it's a penalty." <laughs> Okay, and so Miami, of course, gets the untimed down and kicks a field goal. And by the way, the Chargers, they lost by two points. I, it's just, it's like the dumbest football imaginable. It's just every week, every, I, I will call my shot on your show first before you do it anywhere else. How nice they are you? going to lose to Tennessee this weekend. You mark oh, yeah? my word. Yes. 
Henry's going to rush for 200 yards in this game. That's a fair point. Yeah, everybody look at Derrick Henry rushing props and hammer them. Hammer them heavy. Because look, man, I've watched the Chargers as closely as anybody who doesn't cover them like on a beat writer basis for years on end. And I'm telling you right now how this game's going to play out. Vrabel is a really good coach, and he's going to say, I don't care how ugly this game is. We are going to get to Herbert with our front, and on offense, we're going to pound the ball at them, and we're going to run the ball down Eric Kendrick's throat 40 times. That's what's <laughs> going to happen. And if Tannehill throws 18 passes, it's probably too many. Like, here it comes, and we're going to play this game 19-17. I, you watch the Chargers lose this game. Just two or three dumb mistakes that should never happen, and it costs them the game. The game is going to be spent in 13 personnel 90% of the time. They're just going to line up and run them over. They're going to control the ball for 37 minutes, and the Chargers are going to come off the field and go, yeah, well, you know, we just made some uncharacteristic mistakes. Of course, they're the most characteristic mistakes in the world are the Chargers. (laughs) Of all the teams that lost that that are good, I mean, I'm not talking about teams that are terrible. That loss to me, believe it or not, is more worrisome than any other team in my eyes that lost. The Steelers and the Giants, like to me, as bad as that was, that's like a burn the tape game. Look, you're not going to play that bad the entire rest of the year. Same thing is true with Cincinnati. Kansas City, listen, you don't have Kelsey, you don't have Jones. You had nine drop passes. You had one of which ended up being a pick six. They couldn't lose that game if they played that 10 more times if they tried. I mean, and the Lions are a good team. They're probably a playoff team. Like, fine. I'm not worried about the Chiefs. The Chargers... That's how the Chargers are going to lose. Like, just ridiculous stuff like that. You score 34 points. Yeah, this isn't new with the Chargers. This is like, who? this that's, is their MO at this point. It's the most worrisome. Because those other teams I just mentioned, they're not going to lose games the way they just lost. They're not. Those are one-off things. Fine. The Chargers, they just gave you the blueprint of how they're going 9-8 and eight this year. That's how. Right there. <laughs> like, And they should have fired that coach in January. They didn't do it. Now they're stuck with them. Good luck. Yeah, I remember like Herbert's rookie year too. Like everybody's like, oh my goodness, Anthony Lynn is the problem. The clock management is horrible. Get get Herbert a real coach and a real coordinator. He'll be fine. And, you know, we've had this conversation, not just you and I, but everybody nationally at this point about Herbert. Like, yeah, he's really talented and we know that talent's there, but how far, like what is the ceiling of this team? What is his ceiling at this point? Because at some point it's got to show up on the field and to this point it hasn't. Well, I mean, you know, even, even, so, so on Sunday, the Chargers are moving. So I'm going to pull up their drive chart because this is the most fitting sure. way for the Chargers to lose a game. Like, all right, so let's start here. This is the first half. 14 plays, 94 yards, touchdown. Great drive. Then they go three and out. Okay. Six plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Then a three and out. Then 10 plays, 43 yards, and a field goal. So like, okay, real good drive. Now, Now, here's what kills me. They come out of halftime, touchdown, then they have one bad drive. They go three and out again for what now, the third time they've gone three and out? They three and out, they punt the ball. Then they go touchdown, hold Miami to a field goal. Then they drive all the way down to Miami's 12-yard line, but they can't punch it in. Okay, they got to settle for a field goal. They get the ball back down two after Miami scores the go-ahead touchdown with a buck 45 Two timeouts to throw 25. All they need, because Miami missed the extra point, yeah. is a field goal. They win. They don't even tie. They win the game. 
the Chargers have done nothing except for one drive in the, on the, in the uh, early part of the third quarter, but move the ball and score the whole second half. The Chargers then immediately get one first down. They get to 35. They get 10 yards exactly. Then they intentional grounding, sack, 17 yards on a third and 29, and then another sack. Like, they got three negative plays in four plays after doing nothing but move the ball the entire half. And it was like, and I know there are the people that go, well, how could you blame Herbert? He got sacked twice. And look, they were both sacks where he was under immediate pressure. I guess. Absolutely. Can you ever win a game when it matters? Like, make a check, make a call, see the blitz coming. Do so. It's just, he played great until that point. And by the way, I shouldn't say he played great because he really didn't play. Like He, was he played fine. well. He, he didn't do anything crazy. His numbers weren't anything fantastic. He was 33 for 228. Yeah. His fine. QBR was 51. He was fine. He was fine. Like, I, I just, again, I look at the Chargers, and it's always like, they're like that graph that people always tweet out on Twitter, like, results – Talent, like it's just that's the Chargers every single year. Well, let's focus on the positives of that game too, because the Miami yeah. Dolphins, um, they win a game. Uh, Fangio's defense, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to take some time to get acquainted with. It's a brand new philosophy for the team. Yep. The Chargers ran it down their throats. I think that that's something to be concerned about. Sure. Um, how how concerned are you about Miami? Because the offense looks fantastic, but does the defense worry you at all? I'm not that concerned. I mean, look, the only thing I'm concerned about, which really didn't hurt him yesterday, was it, the fact that Ramsey's not there. Like, do they have the corners to hold up against teams? Yeah. Now, they held up okay in the past game. Now, the problem was part of that is because the, the Chargers ran all day on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not overly concerned. If you're the Dolphins, you're thrilled to death you won that game. Like you went on the road. It's a team you're probably equal with and you won. Sure. So I think you're pretty happy. Tua looks amazing. Um, the, the question with Tua is just going to be consistency. Like, I mean, obviously health, but beyond health, like consistency. Can Tua consistently not play the way he did yesterday? If he did that, he had the greatest year in NFL history. But like, right. He had games last year where he was great. He had other games. In fact, one of them was against the Chargers, where at one point in the game, he was like three of Three seven. of 19 or something. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of thing that in a playoff scenario, you go home. That's like you – I think, you know, to me, I always value consistency more than the guy who's got maybe the bigger highs but the lower lows. Because when you get to the playoffs, I can win with you if you're just consistently good. I can't win with you if you have one game where you just absolutely crap your pants. You go home in the playoffs if you do that. So that said, no, I think if you're the Dolphins, you're very happy. Look, you you did what you wanted to do. Are there some things to clean up on defense? Absolutely, a ton to clean up. But you won the game. Now you go play New England. That'll be an interesting game because that's a different kind of game. New England's going to make you play a little closer to the vest. They're going to take away Tyree Kill. You know they're going to double him. They did it when he was in Kansas City. Like, they're going to make Miami play, well, I guess, to his left-handed. So they're going to play Miami right-handed a little bit. They're going to make them play in ways they don't want to necessarily play. How do the Dolphins deal with it? Dolphins have typically played well against New England. We'll see Belichick's if they never beat Tua. Yeah. I mean, we'll see if they can get the two and up. The, uh, the Packers and the Bears, um, well, I'll say this right now. I think what we saw from Jordan Love yesterday was better than anything we've seen from Justin Fields from a pure passing standpoint. Like, I think all of those questions immediately, all the, all the Bears fans going into this week are like, easy dub. Packers don't have anything. Justin Fields is going to take a next step, and it was more of the same shit from the Bears. They look the exact same. Well, 
Let, let me just toss it. I, okay, I went to all these training camps with the NFC North. I was at eight camps. I, I covered yeah. each of these teams, NFC North. And I have told anybody who would listen, the Bears are not good. I saw the, the Bears my first stop. And I had nothing to compare them to. And it was evident they were not good. Like, defensively, they're back seven, I think, can be good once they get going. They have no pass rush. No. They have no pass rush. Uh, you know, you'll look at them up front on offense. They're 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 just not there yet. I think Darnell Wright's gonna be a good player, but he's not there yet. Um, they gave up four sacks, fields through the ball 37 times for 216 yards. Okay. He cannot keep look this whole idea that like, well, he's Lamar, he's Lamar. Yeah, that doesn't work if you you can't throw the ball consistently. Like yeah. Lamar can do that because he also can threaten you from the pocket. So like it's a double-edged sword. Fields ran for 59 yards yesterday. Who cares? I mean, what, what does it matter? It doesn't matter. So, look, I thought Jordan Love, when I saw him in May at OTAs, he struggled. When I saw him in, in late August at camp, he looked very good. I thought he'd be inconsistent. I thought you saw some of that yesterday. I mean, he was 15 to 27. Now, he got some yards after catch. He also made some very nice throws. He had three touchdowns, 245 yards. His QBR is up over 73. Like, I I picked the Packers. I So, <laughs> When we put out our SI playoff brackets, I actually have the Giants as a seventh seed, but that was because I filled the bracket out like a month prior. And and I actually told everybody over the last month, why are the Packers going to make the playoffs? And somebody actually caught me on it. And they were like, hey, what the hell? I thought the Packers <laughs> – like, I honestly do think the Packers are a playoff team. I think they're a wild card team, but I think they're a playoff team. Right. Uh, they played very well. I think they are going to uh, boat race Atlanta. And uh, I, I was uh, impressed. Uh, but I'm not surprised. I think the, I think the Packers have a lot of young talent uh, at the skill positions. Yeah, I mean, there was a few passes that he made specifically on touchdowns. The first touchdown pass to Dobbs in the back of the end zone really good. And then he threw that right. you know, that, that fade to Dobbs uh, later on in the game. I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be an elite quarterback this year, but I think any sort of doubt that you could have had about Love like being really bad was all but you know, slapped in the butt and said, well, okay, yeah, he looked, he looked pretty he, good. You know, he's going to have the, – the, the question with him is when teams get a lot of tape on him halfway through the year, then what happens? Yeah. Like, it's kind of like in baseball and a guy comes in and he's just crushing the ball. And then somebody's like, well, wait a minute. Like he can't hit a slider. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now there's one of two ways that things going. Either that guy can never hit a slider and his career's over. Or like he learns, okay, maybe I'm not going to be a great off speed hitter, but I can do enough that like, you can't just throw it to me over and over and over. Uh, by the way, I'm going to flip this on you real quick. I am looking at the lines for next week. Have you looked at the lines for next week? Not yet. Okay. And perfect. This is fine. Um, what do you think the line is for your uh, your Steelers at home against the Browns on Monday Night Football? I'll say Browns by a point and a half. You're very close. Browns are by two. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. that that is an interesting one, though, because like what you pointed out, I don't think they're going to play that bad again. And I think that the Browns offensively, like in the passing game, were god awful. So I'll give you two other ones because we've been talking okay. about these games. Okay. Chargers at Titans. What do you think the line is? I can't imagine that the Chargers aren't favored. Is this is this in Los Angeles? It's in Tennessee. Oh, balls. Um, Tannehill looked bad. He threw three picks. He did. It was awful. He looked god awful. I'll say Chargers two and a half. Three and a half. Damn. Okay, pretty good. Last one for you. Chisha Jags. Oh, oh, nuts. All right. Jaguars looked uncare like they made like three uncharacteristically just really dumb mistakes yesterday. Yeah, it was just a yep. weird game. That game's in Duval, isn't it? It is. Okay. I'll say 
I got a favor the Jags, but I'll say KC by two. Chiefs by field goal. It opened to two and a half. Whatever. Okay. Okay. All right. Good. I'm proud of you. You did well. You did well. Uh, the, by the way, the, the Packers Falcons game is a pick 'em in Atlanta. What? Um, the biggest Dude, Desmond Ritter at one point yesterday was four or five for like negative three yards. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, I know. So pick them. Uh, here's the here's the game that if you watch this, you should probably seek therapy. But it's it's I I I probably am gonna watch it because I just want to fill my eyes off of let, it. Let me let me guess what this what the spread will be. What's the game? <laughs> Washington at Denver. Oh my Christ <laughs> in heaven! Is that in Denver or is it in Washington? Yeah, it's in Denver. Oh yeah. Jesus H. What's the over under on that? Like thirteen. Okay, so the over. That's a good question. Over under on that game. I'm just seeing if it's the lowest of the week. It's got to be right. <laughs> it's got to be right. It is. It, it is. It is by half a point. So the Giants and Cardinals are thirty nine and a half. The Broncos and Commanders are thirty nine. Jesus. God. Want to take a crack at that line? <laughs> Denver's at home, so I'll say Denver by a field goal. Three and a half. Yeah, you're right. right. Good job. Yeah. So. Bro, I, I, that game, my God. I will say this. Sam Howe didn't have a ton of protection. He had a really bad, really, really bad fumble that the Cardinals scored on. Overall, though, really nice touchdown pass in the red zone to Brian Robinson. He can move around a little bit, a little bit more athletic than people give him credit for. The defense really stood their own. I think they they only allowed 210 total yards to to the Cardinals yesterday, which, I mean, it's the Cardinals, but. Sure, sure. I I think, I'll, I'll say that. I think Washington wins that. I don't know what I think. Although the enemy knows the Broncos, so let's just yep. hang out there. But look, I man, <laughs> I'm sick. So I watched Denver and the Raiders. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't watch every snap, but it was on. I watched. I watched like in full disclosure. I watched the whole Chargers Dolphins game. And I had the other game on, so I watched probably eighty percent of the Broncos Raiders game as well. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, anybody waiting for Sean Payton to fix Russell Wilson? Yeah, you're gonna be waiting. He threw uh, for a buck seventy-seven, I think, on twenty-three completions yesterday. He had like, dude, it was ridiculous. Like, so good. he starts out like seven of eight for ninety yards, and and, all, and like, listen, a couple nice throws, but like a decent amount of like running after the catch. Right. People on Twitter, like, God, Russ is back, Russ cooking. And I'm watching <laughs> the game. I'm like, yeah, he's definitely not cooking. Like, he's not terrible. He's not cooking. He went twenty-seven of thirty-four for a buck seventy-seven. <laughs> yards in attempt. And I watched the – man, I'm telling you, as that game wore on, it was just throw it to Javante Williams. Yeah. Throw it to Dulcich. Throw it to – you're like, oh, my God, man. Throw one ball. I haven't seen, like, the little, like, the spray chart. There's no way he threw three balls in the air over 10 yards. There's no possible way. It was – it was brutal. They're they're not good. I'm sure they will win more than they won with Hackett, but, man. Yeah. I mean, so by the way, to, to hammer home the, my point I just made. So yeah, here are the uh, here are the Broncos statistics receiving wise in this game. So Samaj P. Ryan, the backup running back, yeah, he led them with uh, 37 yards receiving. That's and then Adam Troutman, their reserve tight end, had five catches, which was the most on the team for 34 yards. Um, Cortland Sutton had a touchdown, but he had four catches for 32 yards. Brandon Johnson, a reserve receiver, had two catches for 31 yards. Greg Dolchich, their normal tight end, two catches, 22 yards. Lil Jordan Humphrey, which is (laughs) – well, I'll leave it alone. He had two catches for 11 yards and a touch. Marvin Mims, our rookie receiver, had two catches for nine yards. And Javante Williams had four catches for five yards. 
Sounds like an astounding offense. That, I mean, that was, that was always the thing. Do with that? It's the Raiders' defense. You can't move the ball. Like you can't do anything against that team. It's just. I don't know if I can name three Raiders defenders. I know they brought in what Marcus Peters, Max Crosby, Max obviously, Crosby. that and Nate Hobbs on. guy, and then after that, I I couldn't help you. Bro, so Denver's schedule because I remember looking at it early in the year. I'm like, all right, Denver better get cracking early because they've yeah. got the Raiders, who now they've lost to, Washington at home. Then they go to Miami. They're losing that game. Yep. Then they're going to go play the Bears, which I I, I don't I don't know I, the worst football game ever witnessed, maybe. And then here, have fun with this stretch after this. Jets at oh, Chiefs, no. oh, Packers, Chiefs, bye at Buffalo. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, season's over at Buffalo, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is – you get the Chiefs twice in three weeks, including, by the way, on a short week at Kansas City. I will actually be at that game. Um, you get the Jets in a game that the Jets are going to want to kill them. That's what Peyton said, right? Oh, yeah. Then you get the Packers, like maybe, although the Packers clearly are a better team. Is that game in Lambeau? No, it's a Denver. Okay. And then you come out of the bye, and you're like, great, we get a bye week. Awesome. You get Monday Night Football at Buffalo. Have fun. <laughs> In what, November at that point? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, November God. 13th. Um, yeah, good luck with it. There's also a four-game stretch in December where they go at the Chargers, at the Lions, home to the Pats, home to the Chargers. I don't I see mean, four wins there. I mean, Peyton will probably get them there, but. I think we've overrated Sean Payton a little bit. He had plenty of seven and nine seasons with Drew Brees. Hey, like my official prediction for them is like, they're going like six and 11, whatever. What are the odds that they end up with a number one overall pick and draft Caleb Williams? Not high, but I think there is a reasonable world here where Russell Wilson plays like half the year. And they just say, Screw and they're like, it. all right, we're done with this. Like, we're, because, but here's the thing, though. And I, I know I'm kind of up against an out here. But like, look, I mean, so here's the thing. You know, people are like, well, you know, Ross, he signed his extension. Bro, his extension kicks in next year. We're not even to the extension yet. So if they just are like, we can't take this anymore, they can cut him. All right. They will eat $35.4 million in dead money next year with a post-June 1 cut. Yeah. No savings. None. Like, and so you have all that. Which, by and the way, we've seen, we've seen teams take similar cuts. Like, the, when Wentz got traded, when Matt Ryan got traded. Like, this is, there's precedent for this. There is. Now, you know, some people say, well, could you trade them? You know, for people who don't understand this, like, so if you trade for a player, you're inheriting his base salary as your cap number. Some teams, the way they do it, it's not that bad. Like, you can handle, well, guess what? His cap numbers for the next five years, 17. You're like, okay, handle that. Okay. 37, 40, 45, 50. Not great. Right now, to contrast that, because I just, I know the contracts off the top of my head, Mahomes' base salaries moving forward are as follows. 2.5, 2.5, 2.5, 10, 13, 20.5, 27. And then in the year 2031, it jumps up to 38 million. So they just did what for him? Just a bunch of like, okay, roster bonuses. Every year's a bonus. He has a, so in one of the years, in 2027, he has a $49 million roster bonus. That's it's just rolling guarantee. They don't care. Like as long as he doesn't get catastrophically hurt, he knows he's making all his right. money. And so, but the Chiefs have all this this move uh, maneuverability in the contract. 
Yeah, the Broncos aren't trading Russell Wilson. That's the uh, short end of this. Uh, that's not going to happen. So I don't know what you do because I watched the game yesterday and like, yeah, he moved around a little better and all, but like he's still just, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Nothing at all. All right, before we get you out of here, Bills, Jets, quick thoughts for the game tonight. I mean, the Bills are favored by two. I think they're the better team. Um, the big question I have is without Miller, can they get pressure? I was about I mean, to get to that. I think Von Miller not being there is going to be a – ginormous maybe game deciding factor we saw i mean we saw that last year they just could not get home without him it was it was just a mess they could not get pressure um i don't love that Kyrie elam can't get on the field as a first round it's not the great either they drafted him in the first round last year and christian benford is starting over him it should concern a lot of bills fans dane jackson like also had him on the depth chart with all due respect to dane jackson like kind of a guy like yeah. I, I mean so it's not great uh, I am taking the Bills just because I think the Jets look – a lot of times you get all these new pieces. It takes a while. Sure. So I'll take the Bills, but I think it's going to be an interesting game. And as someone who's from that area of the country and doesn't care about either of these teams, I – just the the antagonistic side of me wants to see the Jets lose this game. The journalistic side of me doesn't carry the way. But, like, the, the New Yorker, I like to see the world burn a little bit occasionally. Sure. I want to just turn on WFAN on my computer in the morning while I'm writing and let's listen to, you know, Lenny from the Bronx call up just trash again, trash again. You know, I'm, I'm here for all that. God bless New York radio. All right, man. Well, hey, we'll get, we'll get out of here. Uh, what do you got coming on SI this coming week? Uh, so I, my column is up, uh, from Sunday. It goes up throughout the day. Something gets updated throughout the day. It is a, observation and reaction post every single game um try to spin it forward and then this week quarterback rankings later in the week i'll also have um i have a stock watch for the rookies uh, tomorrow where i highlight like 10 or 11 guys uh, i have a column tonight a uh, reaction column on the game i have the same on thursday night and i have an all 22 breakdown on wednesday so there's uh plenty of stuff to uh stay involved with and hey after you're done listening to this podcast, go subscribe to the MMQB podcast where I am on it every single week. Love to hear it. Uh, if you are listening to this as a podcast and not watching it live, the USA Today Power Rankings by me should be up Tuesday morning. So go read those. Um, and then quarterback rankings uh, behind the Steel Curtain, SB Nation. Those will be up. And then if you haven't already, if you're a Steelers fan, haven't checked my instant analysis postgame rant, uh, go read that. Yeah, if you want to get more depressed about what we witnessed yesterday. My brother Ram, appreciate the hell out of everybody. Uh, we'll do this again soon. You got it. No problem. All right. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.